This is It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. Thanks for joining me. Melbourne, Australia is a city of almost 5 million people. It's a vibrant city, a diverse city. It's sports mad. And it's as cultured as a city can be that was settled in just 1835. It was initially named Batmania after John Batman, one of the first Europeans to settle in the area. Every year between 2011 and 2017, it was rated as the world's most livable city. Visit Melbourne and it isn't hard to see why. Its population continues to grow, in part because there's plenty of room for Melbourne to keep on sprawling. In 1968, Melbourne's population was around two and a quarter million and it was growing rapidly. In April of that year, construction began on the Westgate Bridge, which would connect Melbourne's CBD with the western suburbs. It was an absolute necessity, and it was strategically located. Today, it's one of the busiest stretches of road in all of Australia. It was designed to rise 190 feet or 58 meters above the Yarra River, close to where the Yarra flows into Port Phillip. It's a mile and a half or two and a half kilometers long, one of the longest bridges in Australia, twice as long as the Sydney Harbour Bridge. But a problem appeared during construction, and it was significant. Two spans right here on the west side of the bridge didn't quite line up correctly. They were off by about four and a half inches. So eight tons of concrete block was brought in to weigh down one of the spans and bring it into alignment with the other. But all that weight caused the span to buckle. A span on a similar bridge in Wales had collapsed that same year. Five people had died. No one wanted that to happen here in Melbourne. They tried to straighten out the buckle, but the attempted fix failed. Spectacularly. At 10 minutes to midday, the steel on span 1011 of the bridge changed color under immense pressure. And the entire 2,000-ton section of that bridge came crashing down into the mud and water of the Yarra River. Amazingly, some men managed to survive the fall, riding the bridge down to the ground. But 35 men did not. Many of them were on the ground when that massive section of the bridge came crashing down on top of them. Of course, the city of Melbourne was in shock. There'd been warnings from some of the steel workers about the structural integrity of the bridge. Unfortunately, those warnings turned out to be prophetic. There are still many people in Melbourne who vividly remember that day. We're able to see what happened because I was about the seventh or eighth floor in the Flodoloro building in the city, and we had a clear view here. It was a clear day. And uh, when we heard the, the thing, we just located where it was and we could see the, the plume of dust at the time. I heard some commotion at the other end of the room and some rather colourful language was coming out of them and there were tears and crying and I said, what, what's going on? And they just heard that the Westgate Bridge had collapsed and a lot of people in our factory either knew people on the site or had relatives actually working there. So it was pretty dramatic at the time. It just collapsed. 
onto the workman's hut. I guess that you just don't know what's going to happen. The unexpectedness. The first concern was the people that were inside the the bridge and they they died well there's a fair few of them died the, a lot of them didn't die but uh, the ones that uh, were underneath it uh, just didn't have any hope at all. Well it's one of the largest workplace accidents that was on record at the time and uh, it was uh, quite horrendous to the rest of us because we were hoping to see this this uh, structure improve our infrastructure so much and it just and, and it was uh, when you see the loss of life that was involved it was very traumatic an enormous section of a bridge came crashing to the ground and disaster was the result now let me ask you what do you do when you crash when you fall, what do you do when your life is in free fall? You know, the reason that a chunk of this bridge fell in the first place was directly because of human error. The truth of the matter is, doesn't feel very good, but the truth of the matter is, when we fall, same reason. It's on us, human error. We're to blame. The truth is, no one has to cave into temptation. The Bible tells us again and again that God is able to keep us from temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherever there is temptation, God has a way out of temptation, any temptation, any time. And why is that? It's because God is powerful. There's power in God's word. There's power in God's presence in your life. Wherever there's temptation, there's a way through God out of temptation. Now, remember what Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's Matthew 6, 13. And Jude verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now what can God do? He can keep you from falling. But for all that, believers often fall. Adam and Eve fell into sin. That's how sin entered the universe. Aaron, number two in Israel, second only to Moses, made a golden calf for Israel to worship while Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments from God. Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron, she nursed a wicked attitude, and as a result, she was afflicted with leprosy by God. Now, these are significant falls, each individual highly esteemed of God. But in each case, because of their own choice, because they chose to surrender to sin rather than surrender to God, sin came into their lives and brought disastrous consequences. So has that ever happened to you? You've been going along through life, maybe things have been going pretty well, and suddenly, maybe from out of the blue, it seems, boom, you come crashing down. Sin comes and does its work and creates its damage. You find yourself 
in freefall. You know, it isn't only devil worshippers that carry out road rage. It's not only atheists who visit websites they shouldn't go to. Sin happens, even to believers. Now, that's not to excuse it in any way at all. But it's important to understand what you ought to do when you find yourself in a spiritual freefall. Because that thump when you hit the bottom can be pretty painful and it can also be disorienting. Now, think about Moses a fine young man, raised in a wonderful home, privileged to be educated and then raised in the royal family of Egypt. We think about what the Bible says in Exodus 2 verse 11. It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out with his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. You can't get much lower than that. Premeditated murder. As a child, Moses' life was spared by a miracle of God. And yet here he is some years later, committing an act of outright violence. How do you come back from that? Well, let me ask you. How do you come back from that? How do you come back from a prison sentence? How do you come back from some kind of costly mistake? How do you come back from a sin that you know wasn't necessary, but caused you or others a whole lot of grief? How do you come back from that? Sometimes it can seem as though life is in free fall. What do you do then? Just five years after the tragic collapse of the Westgate Bridge, and only a few hundred miles from here, there was another shocking collapse. Again, the result of human error. More in just a moment. There are hundreds, even thousands of promises in the Bible, all made by God to be a blessing and an encouragement for you. Receive today's free offer. It's Promises of Peace. Be blessed by the promises of God. To receive Promises of Peace, call us at 800-253-3000 or visit us online at iiwoffer.com and receive our free offer, Promises of Peace. Planning for your financial future is a vital aspect of Christian stewardship. For this reason, It Is Written is pleased to offer free planned giving and estate services. For information on how we can help you, please call 800-992-2219. Call today or visit our website, hislegacy.com. Call 800-992-2219. Thanks for joining me today on It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. When part of the Westgate Bridge collapsed in Melbourne, Australia in 1970, 35 people were killed and an inquiry found that the cause of the disaster was human error. Let's think together about some infamous human errors. We go back to the original human error, Adam and Eve. What about Samson? Human error. Judas. Oh, Judas. Human error. And then think about David. King David. David's life story is filled with heroism and triumph. 
It was David who, when he was still a boy, killed Goliath, the giant that had struck fear into the heart of Israel's army. Even Israel's king wouldn't fight Goliath. But then along came David, who went out to fight without armor, bearing just a sling and a few small stones. David the giant slayer. David who killed a lion and a bear. David who led his armies in victory after victory. David, who one night took a walk along the rooftops in Jerusalem and saw a woman very beautiful to look upon, according to 2 Samuel 11 verse 2. He found out who she was. She was Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. The wife of Uriah the Hittite. Verse 4 says very succinctly, David sent messengers and took her. David was now in free fall. Sin followed sin, and it wasn't pretty. When he discovered Bathsheba was expecting a child, David tried to send Uriah home to spend time with her, but Uriah wouldn't do it. So David wrote a letter to Joab saying, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. 2 Samuel 11:15, which is precisely what happened. David, who had been called a man after God's own heart, down he went. Crash. Free fall. On January the 5th, 1975, here in Hobart, Tasmania, Australia's island state, a shocking accident occurred that resulted in the loss of 12 lives. A ship carrying 10,000 tons of zinc concentrate up the Derwent River struck a pylon on the Tasman Bridge, which connects one side of Hobart with the other. And when the Lake Illawarra hit the bridge, it caused a section of the bridge to crash 150 feet into the water below. Seven people on board the ship perished. Four cars carrying five people plunged off the bridge. No survivors. It was nine o'clock in the evening when the accident occurred. A man named Murray Ling was driving on the bridge at the time with his wife and two small children. He noticed that something appeared to be wrong up ahead of him. So he braked and did so just in time to skid to a halt only inches from the gap in the bridge. As he sat in his car, a vehicle traveling behind him rammed into the back of Ling's car. The front wheels of the car were pushed over the edge of the bridge and those inside were teetering on the edge of disaster. Mr. Ling got his family to safety. He ran up the bridge to warn other vehicles to stop and some of them drove around him and sped off and off the bridge and into the water below. It's hard to imagine something like that. Probably something you don't really want to imagine. But really, it's a metaphor for what so often happens in a person's life, even in the life of a believer in Jesus. Certainly, the life of a believer ought to be a life of faith. It may be a life of faith. But because people are people, inconsistent, weak, distracted, so many other things, rather than living a life of constant faith, 
unfaithfulness or faithlessness often and easily creeps in. One moment, Peter is walking on water. The next, he's sinking into the Sea of Galilee. James and John actually petition Jesus for permission to call fire down from heaven and incinerate an entire Samaritan village. What in the world? Temptation comes just as surely as night follows day. And because we're learning and because we're growing, we don't always deal with temptation in the best possible way. Sometimes that's not entirely calamitous, but other times it is. We can learn something from these bridges. Part of one of them collapsed in 1970. It was awful. The other collapsed in 1975. But look at them today. In fact, to prove my thesis, I thought I'd take a drive across the Tasman Bridge from one side of Hobart to the other. And when I did, what do you think I discovered? I'll tell you in just a moment. Thank you for remembering that It Is Written exists because of the kindness of people just like you. To support this international life-changing ministry, please call us now at 800-253-3000. You can send your tax-deductible gift to the address on your screen, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. Our number again is 800-253-3000, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. You can't easily live without it, yet having it and having too much of it can not only make life complicated, but it can jeopardize your spiritual well-being. Money, such a major part of life, and yet so potentially dangerous that the Bible says more about money than almost any other subject. What do you do with your money? And how can you make sure that what is meant to be a blessing doesn't end up being a curse? Join our conversation with financial expert Julian Archer and learn how to avoid many common financial pitfalls. Learn from someone who knows and find out what the Bible has to say about finance, about handling your money in a way that is both good for you and glorifies God. Don't miss Money, Money, Money from It Is Written, featuring financial expert Julian Archer. Money, money, money. Watch now on It Is Written TV. Go to www.itiswritten.tv. That's itiswritten.tv. Thanks for joining me on It Is Written. You know, one of the easiest things in the world for a person to do is to fall into sin. Now, it's not that you have to. It isn't that God isn't doing everything He can to try to keep you from falling. It's just that you... You get inconsistent in your devotional life. You take your eyes off Jesus. You get tired. You choose not to surrender when the heat of temptation comes pressing in on you. How many times do you hear people say, I didn't mean to, I didn't even want to, I couldn't help myself? You hear that all the time. And it's not that you intend to. A man living just a couple of hours outside of the city of Melbourne, just two or three years ago, committed a truly horrible crime. After a night of smoking marijuana and drinking, he said once the urge to commit the crime set in, I couldn't stop. The woman who appeared before the judge having shoplifted, she said to the judge, once I began, I couldn't stop myself. 
that young teenager who got into a fight at a party, he said to everybody concerned, I just couldn't stop. Free fall. So what do you do then? Well, the wrong thing to do is to stay stuck in your sin. That's the wrong thing to do. The wrong thing to do is to think that God won't forgive you or that God won't have you back. That's wrong. And this is where we learn something from the collapse of these bridges. Look at the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne today and you notice that it's standing, all of it, and it works perfectly. After the devastating collapse, the bridge was rebuilt, or more to the point, built. They went back and did it right the next time. The Tasman Bridge over the Derwent River? Well, check it out. Now, when it fell, it created absolute chaos for the people of Hobart, particularly the 30% of the population that lived on that side, the east side of the river. What used to be a three-minute commute across the bridge turned into a 30-mile or so journey that took the better part of an hour. But today, well, here it is. It stands. It's rock solid. It isn't about to fall any place. Today, this bridge works just fine. And that's the beauty of faith in God. God is able to restore somebody who falls. You're able to start all over again and put the broken pieces back together. God's in the business of restoration. He's in the business of recreation. Now think of Moses, Moses the murderer. Moses the murderer became Moses the man of God who led the children of Israel on the Exodus. In fact, if you read the little book of Jude, you discover Moses was raised from the dead and Moses was taken to heaven. And then there's David. David, whose fall was spectacular. David, whose fall was 100% his own fault. God restored David like he restored Moses. And why was he able to do that? Because David was truly sorry for what he had done. David repented and he repented from the bottom of his heart. Take a look at David's prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. Starting in verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now notice, he realizes God is merciful and loving, and he owns up to the fact that he has done wrong. Verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Verse 4, Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight. Now down to verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And now verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David comes clean with God. God forgives him. And what happens when God forgives you? Let me tell you about the bridges. As a result of the Tasman Bridge collapse in Tasmania, bridges are now often designed differently so that if a pier is knocked out, the bridge won't collapse. That's revolutionary. 
And in Australia, shipping regulations were changed so that shipping has become safer. In other words, as a result of the collapse, things have actually improved. The Westgate Bridge collapse brought about big changes in workplace safety. Construction is safer because of the lessons learned. In the same way, should you fall, you can be better than you were before. Of course, it's best not to fall at all, but should you do so, you can learn from your mistakes. Just look up and God will pick you up. Now, what did Isaiah write? Isaiah 1 verse 18. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 1 John 2 verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's outstanding, isn't it? You can survive a fall and actually end up stronger than you were, closer to God than you've ever been. Have you ever found yourself crashing down, falling? You know, if you trust in the forgiving grace of God, God will cleanse you, He will restore you, and He will remake you, and He will place in you the assurance that you are blessed and forgiven. Remember 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let God make you new and give you hope and a future right now. You can have it right now. God wants you to have that through faith in Jesus and the goodness of God. There are hundreds, even thousands of promises in the Bible, all made by God to be a blessing and an encouragement for you. Receive today's free offer. It's Promises of Peace. Be blessed by the promises of God. To receive Promises of Peace, call us at 800-253-3000 or visit us online at iiwoffer.com and receive our free offer, Promises of Peace. Let's pray together now. Our Father in heaven, today we must be grateful that you are in the business of restoration and recreation. And as much as it pains us and as much as it pains you that we fall, we thank you that you can pick us up, put us back together, restore us, and then fill us with your spirit. And as Jude wrote, keep us from falling. Do that, Lord. And when our weakness overtakes us, when we fail to surrender, when we fall rather than stand, Remind us that you are God, you are forgiving, you are good, and you are gracious. Keep us, we pray, we thank you. We celebrate your goodness and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.